Imagine if the new car manager and the used car manager were were taken by motivational fit and leadership style and their team was not new or used. It was broken up by who is the best coach for that person. Yes. That's where it makes a difference. Like I'm a huge fan of coaching, mm-hmm. massive, in many moments. So I mentioned the poker game, right? Yeah. So I encourage all my stores to do this. Go buy 20 packages of poker cards in a cowbell. <clears throat> and I know it'll be annoying, but it's the energy. Here's your goal for the day, like we just talked about. Every time you do it, you have to come to me, ring the cowbell loud in the showroom so the customers feel the energy too. Yep. Ask for your card. Every morning in the meeting the next day, we play a game of poker with your best hand that you have, uh-huh. and it's 10 bucks. It's not 500 bucks because it's about <laughs> the win. We're talking about competitive people here. Yeah. And yet we have dumbass goals like your monthly goal is. This is the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason, Jason Harris. Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining us on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have my guest, Bobby Heron, President of World Domination. <laughs> I couldn't say, say with a straight face. Hey, uh, Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. For everybody out there that don't know who you are and kind of how you got started in the industry, if you kind of give us that origin story that yeah. is Bobby Heron. Give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I have. I fell into the business like most people do at the age of 17. Started at a dealership <laughs> as a porter. Worked my way up, and I've spent 21 years in automotive, 18 on the side of being on the dealer side of the world, Mm -hmm. and now the last, the remaining months of that, years of that, as a a partner to dealers, right? So uh, I've and I love the way you describe that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've done every position. I didn't job jump. I I moved up in each one of them, which is amazing Mm because now I get to have a full understanding. But I've been a porter, a BDC person, a BDC manager, BDC director, a finance manager, finance director, sales manager, a GSM, a GM, a director of operations, a digital sales and marketing director, and now president of world domination (laughs) (laughs) at my own company. Yeah. I love it. And you know, our our backgrounds are so similar. You know, we, we, we come from a space of just experience. I mean, yes. I, I'm, I'm like you, I, I've worked almost every single position within the dealership mm-hmm. and, you know, I had the opportunity to own my own and, and now so I'm in a, in a similar way to you where I get to have partnerships and create relationships yep. with dealerships. And we were talking about this a little off camera, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, really helping our partners achieve their goals and yeah. through their successes, you know, we get that yeah. high of that success as well. And it's just such we a win fun when place. They win, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that's why I wanted to you know, grab you and you're know, just going to bring you in here because I just, you know, you're a practitioner, you know, right? You've done it. You're not talking yep. from a place of, no. of concept, mm-hmm. all right? You're coming from a place of, you know, shit, I've actually done this before, you know? Oh, yeah, I failed through it all, right? Yes. Like, I tell people all the time, <laughs> like, the things that I ask you to do or that I teach you or that I say, hey, we need to implement this, I didn't sit in a classroom and learn those and then just go, oh, I took some notes at a 20 group, let's share. <laughs> yeah. I failed through it enough times to figure out what actually would be a success and what would be a motivational fit with different types of people mm-hmm. uh, with a focus on psychology. And I think that makes a huge difference for people. You know, my, my tagline with stuff is, I teach old dogs new tricks. <laughs> and I'll go. love you there enough you to hold you accountable. <laughs> it won't be comfortable, but I'm not your wife or your husband, so I don't have to make you feel good. I gotta help you make that's money. Right. Well, accountability, <laughs> accountability is really kind of key and that's that's kind yeah. of going to a little bit of the topic that we were going to talk about today you know we you know we're talking a little off camera about you know how, how important it is that our marketing efforts are really defined by the audience that we have right. but when it comes to our operations we develop our operations that are incredibly self-serving yep. and, and not and not for the customer and I'd love to get your take on that 
So I often say, and I'm not a sugar coater, so for anybody in the the audience watching or listening that isn't familiar with me, uh, you'll either really love me or you'll hate me because you'll go, oh, I don't like that. Well, maybe it's for you or don't be so sensitive about shit, right? Like we're an automotive. But um, a lot of times with any industry, especially in the dealership, we get so confined to the box that we've built that we're almost narcissistic in our behavior of, yeah. oh, uh, we can't do that. Why not? Well, well, we just can't. It won't work. How do you know? You didn't even try it, right? And everything seems to follow what's the best fit for us instead of one simple change that could create an outstanding like experience for a customer and set you apart from other dealerships. Well, and I think that's key, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when we create operations that are not necessarily self-serving for us, but it's actually uh, for the benefit of the customer, mm-hmm. the byproduct is an experience. Right. Well, and it's the only thing that makes us different, right? Mm-hmm. So any dealership, same inventory or ability to get it, same trade-in value or ability to negotiate it, yep. same finance rate or ability to negotiate it. The absolute only thing that makes us different is not the pretty building that the OEM makes us do. It's the experience we provide a customer. And that's, sure. that's why I think so many referrals are down now. People go, oh, the customer is different <laughs> now. No, they're not. No. <laughs> they shop a different way. They're the same customer. Well, their expectations have gotten more, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it we, the customer no longer just expects us to meet mm-hmm. their expectation. The new yeah. expectation is that we actually exceed their expectation. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's that's really what they're looking Absolutely. for. Absolutely. And, and the reason that they have that is just because in every other you know retail type experience mm-hmm. they've had, you know, those companies have far exceeded right. their expectations. They didn't just provide the product or the service that they were purchasing. They went oh, right. way beyond that. Well, I I always find it interesting. People say to me. Uh, so, uh, Bobby, no, I can't, I can't give out a price quote when I do this or I can't do that. Really? Why not? Oh, they're going to shop me. So, so you had a thousand opportunities. I hate the word leads, but I use it in training. We are going to get along so well. Right? I like, hate the word leads. I hate it because it yeah. changes your mindset. Well, because we've been in the somebody. business long enough to understand that that's not yep. what they originally were. No. They, they were just inquiries. Right. That's all it was. Right. And it's so different now. And people say, well, I have a thousand of them and, and uh, you know, they're going to shop. Well, hey, shithead, that's why only 200 <laughs> people responded to you. And you've got the 200 who are frustrated. And so now you're looking at two different situations, a bucket of people who won't engage with you because you won't make it convenient for them, mm-hmm. and a bucket of people who have to fight back and forth to, to get you to give an answer. And the truth is what they're really looking for is convenience. They're asking about a price that they already saw online to yes. make sure that you're not a liar and that what they saw was real. They're asking if a car is available because they're sick of going to dealerships and finding out the car isn't there. It was just sold an hour ago, right? <laughs> and if we just provide people with real answers and transparency and answer their questions first and then allow them to choose us, it's a whole different situation. Yes. Right? And we teach in the store the hard close. Because somebody comes in today, we've got to close them or they're not a buyer. Like my favorite is, <laughs> how many days should we follow up for after an unsold visit? 72. What? <laughs> Where did that come from? Because that's what we used to teach, right? Yep. In the showroom was when somebody came in, they were a buyer. But now when people are coming in, they're not always a buyer right now. They're entering a Ferris wheel of adding or deleting a vehicle from their image. And we're doing all this stuff to hard close them. And I'm not saying don't try to close the deal. No, no, no. Not but like all. you drill yourself down to nothing and then go, well, I did everything you could. Except for step back and put them in your Ferris wheel. And when they come around, say hello every time until they're ready to get off. When another dealer is standing there because they're sending in leads, and we're missing all this opportunity because in a store, there's not a skill set to train how to long-term communicate with people to yes. build a relationship, knock the walls down, and actually turn it into a real opportunity when they're ready. 
well, we're not developing out the process. Right. Right. We're we're still right. uh, we're, we're still creating a, a one size fits all process. Yep. And you're 100 percent right. I mean, there are people that that are coming in that are in the the yep. research part of their buying cycle, yeah. or or the shopping part of their buying cycle, or Absolutely. they're 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 ready to buy. Yeah. But we have. I love this. They're ready to buy. They're ready to buy. But no, let me force you into my three and a half hour long, <laughs> right. uh, you're not ready to buy process, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I, I credit a lot of it to when I learned in the business 20 years ago, when I learned that you slide a piece of paper across with numbers and then shut your mouth, I also learned the part where the reason you shut your mouth is it's control and to be quiet so you don't lead them into an objection that wasn't already there. Yes. Somewhere in the last 20 years, things like that got lost and instead there because I said so, slide it across the thing. And without um, the idea or the why behind it, they're not doing that anymore because now the process isn't that different anymore. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's still the same concept, but it just looks a little different and they don't necessarily know how to teach that. Yeah. It will need to be catered to where they are in their, in their cycle. Right. right? I mean, I think I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. You know, I I think we should actually have a defined sales process for the person that is doing researching 100% and for the person that's doing shopping. And if the person is ready to buy, then we should have a very defined process for that. Right. I'm a customized process ninja. Like, me too. <laughs> so first thing that I believe in is let's establish the right process. Let's communicate it to the team. Let's update the CRM so it's like we're standing behind them. Yep. And then let's follow it with the customer because it's just the basics, right? Like even Sprint knows to put somebody's name on a sign when they're coming in so yes. that they own mentally the appointment. And yet when you tell somebody like, hey, pull up the car, put their name in it, <laughs> park it next to another car to oh justify it, they're like... Bobby, why do I have to do all that? Because back in the day, we taught don't walk the lot because you're going to go to the most expensive car and negotiate it to the less price. Instead, pull it up up front, mental ownership. They park next to it and devalue their own trade. It's not a negative process. They have mental ownership. Yep. And when I first teach dealerships this, I have to say, hey, you know what? Start with the confirmed appointments so that you create mm-hmm. buy-in and so that people start to see a difference. And in any CRM that I pull that's accurate, I can show where a confirmation of an appointment combined with this process, increases the sale. It's different in every store depending on the team, but it's an increase. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we have too many opportunities. Okay, that's so funny. You're oh, 100% feel, right. Yeah. And, and we get to this point where I, I call it full belly syndrome. Oh, yeah. Right? Where it's like we're always talking about how many cars we sold or how much money we made, and we never talk about how many cars we could have sold, right. how much money we could have made. Yep. It. It's interesting, right? People used to drive around and spend a Sunday going seven hours driving. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was normal. Now I look at it and I go, okay, you had a thousand internet. You had 486 phone calls. And let's be real. You only logged half of those. And <laughs> yes. then for visits, you're about the same with like 200. We're, we're 12, 1500 opportunities. Can you imagine 20 years ago if we had 1500 hand raisers on the lot? Like, oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But now it's just, it, they present themselves differently. And I think that many stores, not all, Many stores don't have the skill set necessary internally to train on how to non-verbally communicate with somebody or to recognize it as something other than somebody present in front of you. And so they waste them all. Yep. No, no, it's a, it's a great point. And I think what it is, is for the people out there that are listening to this right now, and they're doing one of these and they're shaking their head right. kind of up and down. Yes. They're like, hey, uh, Bobby, Jason, I, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But how do I start? Right. Like, like what, what would you say the you, first few steps are? You just got to start. It's like baseball. We don't win baseball games with home runs. You got to <laughs> get a first bait hit. You, you just have to do it, right? Yes. When I look at a store, I look at it in a couple different elements. One is uh, the people, right? Not to sound like mm-hmm. a cliche, but then it's the process, then it's the technology. 
couple years back, I got a 40 under 40 uh, award from Automotive News. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, I got it, though, and, and I looked at it and thought, wow, that shouldn't be that special for what we did. But I got mad at my group one day and said, I'm sick of you guys spending money and not converting it, right? And that's it. I'm hibernating all your marketing, <laughs> all of it. And I'm taking all of the money and training your people. And they were so angry. And I said, look, faster you learn to convert, faster you can have your money back. Everybody was terrified. But what happened is we went up 12% in sales. Yes. We saved almost $600,000 a month. Yep. I didn't say, let's just keep that cut. We started putting it back. And this, we did not lose the conversion. And the stores started killing it. And we, you know, we had stores within our group that weren't killing it and needed sure. a little more work. And they didn't get their marketing money back. And it wasn't because the partners weren't good. It wasn't because the product didn't work. It was that we weren't working it. And you can't, can't build a house if you've got an unsteady foundation, right? Try and and, that, and that's so no true. That, that's so true. You, you can't do it. You need the foundation, right? Yep. Um, you know, it's funny because we both, we, don't, we both do marketing. Yeah. You know, but I am amazed how many times I talk my way out of oh, yeah. a deal. In fact, my operations manager is probably watching this and going, <laughs> oh, my God, he does it all the time. It's like, and, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's because, you know, their answer, you know, is to just dump more money into their marketing efforts. Yeah. But like you said, to your point, that. There is no foundation, mm -hmm. there is no operational foundation to even handle what the hell is coming in, right. let alone increasing that amount. And, and then the what day. happens later, six months later, oh, we're not selling anything more. <laughs> I can show you where I gave you all these opportunities, you didn't convert them. I believe in a good partnership fit. I say no to more dealers than I say yes to, and I hope that they say no to me when I go, I'm direct. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hug you when you're doing something wrong. I'm gonna spank you, and then I'll give you a hug. And then we're gonna <laughs> like move that. on together, right? Good. And for, for us, for marketing, we, uh, we partner with really great marketing companies and really great partnerships, and then we find for our dealers who is the best fit for them, not even just product-wise, mm -hmm. but how it's coming in, what's happening, because one doesn't work for everybody. No. And then we build them a plan, and so we don't, we don't white label or change the names on things. My, my goal with my dealers is to say, hey, you need to fill this void. Here's the partner I chose. Here's why. And here's their biggest competitor. Demo on both. I'll sit on with you. Let's talk about it so there's no bias. Yep. And, and let's have a conversation. And truly through doing that, then when I'm in doing operations and training, I'm not having to worry about, hey, you've got a bad partner. Well, all these islands, are, they're talking to each other, yep. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you've been in hundreds, if not maybe thousands of dealerships. Probably at, thousands. At yeah. yeah, you know. Feels like it this month. Right? I know. Good Lord. <laughs> So you've seen this, this silo effect, I mean, all the time, right? Where you get yeah. The marketing's over here on yep. their own island doing one thing, and then yep. you know, the operation's over here on a whole nother island, and, yep. and if there's any communication between them, it's like Morse code. Like, it's broken. Hey, how's it going? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like that limited. Oh, yeah. Well, the best is when you go into a dealership and you go, um, oh, you have a BDC. Uh, and, and I'm an advocate <laughs> for whatever works in a store. A lot of people of think I only do BDC. That's not true. I do a lot with BDC because they are a foundational element, but I walk yes. into stores all the time and I go, okay, you have a BDC and then you have a sales team. Yes. When is your meeting? Oh, well, BDCs is here and here. Oh, so you're not the same team. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you did a spiff on this car. Did the BDC have it? Well, no. And it's like, they go, why are we at odds and not, not functioning? Because you separated two teams yep. just because you didn't understand the dynamic of one instead of getting them to the right place and the right people and then letting them come back and educate you. But 20 years in the business tells me that 20 years ago when we raised our hand and asked for help it was a weakness or a vulnerability mm -hmm. you remember the whole like don't teach them anything they don't need to know yes it's not a weakness or a vulnerability anymore it's a weakness and a vulnerability 
when you don't raise your hand and you pretend to know, and now we have all these sales teams that don't know how to prospect because their sales manager never learned how and never raised their hand and said, I don't know. All these, all these people will go, what's your expenses in your department? You're paid off net. I don't know. Let me check with the office. What do you mean? Let me you check with the know? office. I know. How do, How do you, you not, not know, know that? that? Or <laughs> I, I need to see your open account. Somebody could have signed up for something. Or, or even recently, I did a marketing analysis for a dealer, only to find out that the vendor unintentionally, that's yep. not their jam. The OEM was billing, and they were billing. Billing never got shut off because of a variance in name. Dealer had too much money and didn't notice it. Eighty-six thousand dollar credit back to them. Holy crap. They're like, you're a genius. No, I just, no, I, well, I I just like seen, to watch I, my budget. I, like, you know? But, I just want to make sure it's right. Uh, well, you know, you're 100% right. Um, I, I'm trying to think, you know, action plan wise, when you come in and you're consulting with dealerships and there's there's just so many oh, different yeah. angles that we can take, you know, wh- what does that first few steps look like for you when you yeah. begin your consultation process? Very first thing I do is meet their team. Analyze their team. So I research them uh, socially before, and I spend an entire day having conversations with everybody from the porter to the owner of the store because nothing else matters if the team is cancerous, not bought in, or not a good fit. And a lot of really great people work for leaders who aren't a good fit for them. Yeah. And no amount of anything will fix that. And a lot of really great salespeople that have been promoted to leaders never got leadership training. <laughs> like, oh, you can sell 30 cars. Here, good luck. Go teach them how. Here's a but, title. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and unfortunately, we set them up for failure. So the first thing I do is analyze their team. The very next thing I do is dig through their CRM. And the majority of the time, they're not using it right or appropriately, but it can tell me a lot. Or they have multiple ones. They don't even oh, know it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How many times have you seen that, right? Um, they're oh like, Bobby, why, why are notes important in the CRM? <laughs> well, you probably want to remember when John gets off the Ferris wheel in a month and sends in another opportunity that he has a daughter named Molly who plays soccer on Saturday. So you can reference it when you call and say, hey, you know, I, I remember Molly plays soccer on Saturdays. Uh, is Saturday going to work for you? Do you guys have a game that day? Oh, relationship knocked down. Yeah, there, there goes that wall. Okay, nobody else remembered that about me. All because you put a note in. And and those little intricacies change the way their business runs. My my next thing that I look at is their marketing. Yep. So I look at all three, and then I take the things that are the like lowest that. hanging People, fruit. People, CRM, marketing. Yep. Cool. People process technology every time. And I, I put That's... marketing into technology. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, it yeah. is. I mean, yeah. it really is, right? The, the amount of targeting parameters oh, yeah. that we have and <clears throat> audience development options. I mean, every time. it's not... It's expenses a yeah. that don't need to be there that our products we're not even using because yes. somebody signed up at an OAM visit four years ago and it's rolling <laughs> through the open account and you got it five times. Um, but I tell most dealers, because it's hard to look at your people when you're a dealer, you're too familiar. It's yes. your house. It's like having a dog and having dog hair on the floor and you don't see it. It's your home. So you miss those things. So internally for a dealer to do it, uh, outside of obviously hiring me, partnering with me, the uh, great people like you, <laughs> the first thing that they really should do is take an unbiased look at what's happening in each department by asking I, each I department head awesome, to come in awesome together in a meeting to and present what they think the biggest roadblocks and challenges are and nice. actually listening, right? The minute that we do that and we take out the defense mechanism, we can see what the problem is and we can help them become partners. And once they're one team working together, everything else falls into sync. Yeah, 100%. Right? Every time. And the other biggest thing I tell dealers is, for the love of God, please stop going to 20 groups and going, uh, do you have a pay plan for like pay plans are supposed to be written oh for a motivational fit <laughs> for crying out loud like yeah, it's it's you what know what it doing? is it's um I made this comment before and it's kind of sticking you can't buy your way out of bad operations and no. it seems like we use our pay plans mm-hmm. in this mystical thing that if I change my pay plan 
it's going to fix this operational right. problem. Right. <laughs> and it does well, Right. Or uh, I heard somebody say the other day, I really wish he wouldn't work his pay plan. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the point of a pay plan. Stop <laughs> saying that. Like, back into what your goal is on the, on the pay plan. And motivational fit, whether you're millennial or anything, a woman, a man, I'm so sick of hearing that stuff. It's really, yes. are you a person who's motivated by time, by money, or by applause, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them. No, not at all. So if I'm a time-motivated person, uh, which is what I am, yep. so I'm a time-motivated person. It doesn't mean I don't want to work on a Saturday. I'm always going to work 14 hours on Saturday, but it's going to be up to me. So instead of giving a, a $2,000 bonus and a pay plan, give a $500 bonus and your least busy day of the week off where you can't bitch about it later, and all of a sudden John and Sally are like kicking ass on it, they belong on the team that the manager is the same type of fit. Mm -hmm. If it's money, it's money. If it's applause, it's not a pat on the back. It's a voice in progress because that's what, that what's what lends to motivation for them. That changes everything. Oh, hundred percent. Every does. time my eyelash wants to stick here. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, problems with great eyelashes. So that's a problem. <laughs> but those are the biggest changes I would make immediately is, um, you know, I got to where I am in the world, not because I'm an amazing, awesome, just phenomenal person. I got there because... Well, through experience. I mean, you did it. And I build badass teams. Yep. I think I told you that. And I get out of their way. I pick the right people with the right leaders, and I train them and give them all the tools they need. And then I get out of their way, right? It doesn't mean I'm not having a voice in something, or I'm not quality control checking it. It means I hire people that I trust, and then I let them do what they're best at. And I don't hire people who look like me. The people that work on my team as consultants and who work on my team very privately, their skill sets aren't the same as mine by design. I of need course. them to be great at what they're great at, even <laughs> exactly. if I'm only good, and I need to be great at what they're good at. You don't want a jack of all trades and master no, nothing. No, <laughs> no. I want like I, I want people who are really good at that and people who care about the outcome. The, the team yeah. is so important, Huge. and I, you know, I, I wish I'd see more dealerships take that kind of professional sports approach, mm -hmm. you know, to developing out your team. Right. I mean, the amount of time that any professional team out there or yep. spends in developing the right people Absolutely. that's going to help us meet those goals and objectives. Yep. I got a question for you, and I wonder what your thoughts and opinions are on this. Is Do you feel uh, maybe one of the reasons that we don't develop out the right team mm -hmm. is because we never actually had a defined goal and objective in the first place? Yeah, 100%. Yeah? The only reason that the store next door is kicking your ass is because they developed better people, right? Yeah. And, and there's not, there's very rarely a defined goal. So I, I tell stores this, you don't got a budget for training or you think that I'm just trying to pitch you on training. How about you take, you take it and you go, you know what, this week our goal is to prospect all of our unsold traffic from two months ago. We know how long like the buying that. cycle is. So today we're gonna watch a webinar that's free from a trainer that we spend thousands of dollars to go see together in our meeting for 40 minutes. We're gonna pause it and have conversations when we leave, hey team, our goal is to get 10 of these a day. We just watched that. Here's the word track of the conversation we should start with. Here's how you find them in the CRM. Like, go kick some ass. And then all day long, celebrate it with something like a poker game. Oh, see, Whenever team building. Win. I know. I love that. Massive. It's, yeah. it's energy, right? Well, it is. And it is. And I, and I feel like for most dealerships out there, I break it into four different categories. And I know everyone's kind of got ah. a different approach to it. But I look at it as training. Yep. You know, we're actually training on the actual effort or yeah. the activity. Sorry, training on the activity. Absolutely. You know, and then I and then after the activity, I think we have to develop out those activities for better yep. performance. Then we have to coach each individual different. All the time. And then that fourth element, which I very seldomly see any dealerships get to, is actually build the team. Right. They actually have team building exercises and try to create a single unity. Yep. I'm, I'm sure you, you've experienced this a bunch of times. You've been in a meeting. You mm -hmm. got 
new car manager over here, service manager over here, parts yeah. manager over here, you car. So used car manager fucking hates the service oh, manager. Oh, hates them. Internal all right? rates double. You know, because be. he's always trying to gouge him. The service yep. manager thinks the used car manager is a cheap bastard, yep. right? The, the new car manager hates the part manager because the parts manager never buds on any of the price yep. and accessories over. It's just like, there's just no team. No, and imagine if the new car manager and the used car manager were were taken by motivational fit and leadership style and their team was not new or used. It was broken up by who is the best coach for that person. Yes. That's where it makes a difference. Like, I'm a huge fan of coaching, mm-hmm. massive, in many moments. So I mentioned the poker game, right? Yeah. So I encourage all my stores to do this. Go buy 20 packages of poker cards in a cowbell. <clears throat> and I know it'll be annoying, but it's the energy. Here's your goal for the day, like we just talked about. Every time you do it, you have to come to me, ring the cowbell loud in the showroom so the customers feel the energy too. Yep. Ask for your card. Every morning in the meeting the next day, we play a game of poker with your best hand that you have, uh-huh. and it's 10 bucks. It's not 500 bucks because it's about <laughs> the win. We're talking about competitive people here. Yeah. And yet we have dumbass goals like your monthly goal is, you're, uh, you're a zero to hero. So you take somebody who's designed to be competitive in many win moments, and you give them 30 days to hit it, and if they fail, they got to wait 30 more days. And then we go, why aren't they motivated? Yeah. But in team building, you can combine all of those things. And when they come in with the card, you hope that the biggest negative influencer is the one who wins the hand. Because every time they have that win, they're going to go talk about it, and they're going to unintentionally because, become a positive advocate for you yeah. and end up coaching your team on shit that is not, we don't give enough for the trade, we don't like you know <laughs> do this, whatever. Uh, and, it, and it really works, but sports teams do it all the time. When you're not, oh, yeah. when you're not competing, you're practicing. 100%. When somebody wins, you we slap don't practice. their ass. Isn't that funny? Isn't that a good example? Like, it's crazy. We don't practice. It's crazy to me. We literally just show up for the game. Yep. And then we're amazed how we didn't yep. perform. Yeah, we're like, uh, hey, this is my favorite. First day of the month, every month, everybody's in the meeting. So, Jim, what are you going to sell this month? Uh, I'm going to go with 15. Jim's been seven last six months. All right, Jim. All right. Jim, what are you, if you're lucky, it's Jim, what are you going to do differently? I'm going to make more calls. And we leave it there instead of saying, what kind of calls? To who? All right, you know what, Jim? We're going to do a training. You know what? You just inspired us. We're going to do a training for everybody this week on that exact thing. That's going to become the thing. And you know, Jim, everybody's got to come. Now you don't have to say, hey, Jim weakness or vulnerability I know you don't know and instead it becomes we're going to utilize that and he becomes the advocate for it and now he's rah-rahing something that last week he was like this is bullshit right I love it it's, that's so perfect it's massive you know, I, I mean I think guys you're out there listening to this I hope there's some serious value here I, I, I definitely gonna, me and Bobby are going to have to jam again another time I'm down I can already see it but I, I love the many moments, yeah. you know, I, I think there was, if there's any takeaways and there, I think there's a lot of takeaways in what we just talked yeah. about, but uh, those many moments, those many wins. Yep. All right. That's phenomenal for team building. And, I, and that's awesome. And, and the practice, you, you, the you can't just show up to the game expecting to play at right. your best if you're not practicing. Well, even you think about CRM, the majority of dealerships don't not use CRM because, because they don't don't want to do it or whatever, they don't understand it and mm-hmm. they don't see the value in it or the buy-in because we send in trainers from companies and they teach them how to push buttons instead of saying, here's how you make more. And the truth is, unless you're delivering 80 cars a month, you can't tell me you're too busy <laughs> to go through your unsold shit like, and, and call these people. And I'm an advocate for transparency. I'll call a customer who calls me, even a dealer, and I'll go, hey, John, let me ask you a question. Um, Truly, I'm, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I want my experience to always be better. So can you tell me what I, what I could have done differently? And it's to help me. And people always were programmed to want to help people. So if you ask the right way as a favor and you're genuine in mm-hmm. your approach, they will actually tell you, right? Make a video and send it to them. That's even better. 
but they will actually tell you and then when you practice you can incorporate those things and it didn't take any much longer no or you get but, but the calls. roi is so Massive. huge on that i mean we're talking about Massive. literally in the pnl you can see it in the black and white 100 well bobby thank Every you time. so much for taking the time to jam yeah, with me no, today thank you for, for people that are, are listening right now yeah. or watching the video um and they'd like to learn more about what sure. you do what is the best way to connect with you so you can google me if you forget this number but my personal <laughs> cell is uh 989 Six seven two nine nine four five. Uh, you can call me if you want to, but I don't answer calls because I screen a lot for my dealers. Even my <laughs> even my voicemail says I'm working on world domination. So shoot me a text, I love it. Uh, and I'll get back with you. You can also look for our website, thebeesneesagency.com. You can uh, check me out on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. It's a Google search, Bobby Heron. Two R's and uh, and that's it. My life is no secret. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for jamming with yeah, me, Bobby. Thank you. I, that was great. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, had a great time with you. Thanks. Yeah. Well done. Yes.